It's time once again for the Go-Giver Podcast, where we explore five timeless principles that will increase the profitability of your business and the joy in your life. Now, here's your host, the co-author of The Go-Giver, Bob Berg. Hello again, I'm Bob Berg, and we have what I hope you'll find to be an interesting and value-packed show today. There are two major benefits to listening, really listening, to your prospective customers and clients. We'll look at that in our thought of the day. And in our interview segment, Meredith Elliott Powell shares an amazing story regarding how being laser-focused on the customer and truly empathetic created a sale for one salesperson, while a lack of such had the exact opposite effect for his competitor. That and more on today's show. I thank you for joining us. In John David Mann's and my most recent book in the Go-Giver series, The Go-Giver Influencer, we cite one of the major principles of influence being simply to step into the other person's shoes. But is doing so really that simple? Perhaps not. I mean, when you think about it, most of us have different sized feet. So literally, we can't step into their shoes. Figuratively, it means we can't step into their minds and know exactly what they're thinking because we're not them. We see the world based on our own set of beliefs and experiences, and they see the world through theirs. In the sales process, then, how do we step into their shoes in order to better understand what they want, what they need, what they desire? How do we understand what issues they need to solve and even what they may be experiencing at this very moment? It's really nothing more than a two-step process, though the process itself takes focus and a true desire to follow through and apply it. Step number one is to ask questions. Step number two is to listen, to really listen, to really, really listen. And by listening, we don't mean just with our ears. That's the surface type of listening so many do. It's listening not so much to understand, but simply to politely wait our turn before we once again speak. In other words, it's letting them get their two cents in so that we can get our ten cents in. And that's not effective listening. Instead, listen with your eyes. Listen with your posture. Listen with, as one of the mentors suggests, with the back of your neck. In other words, with your entire being. When you do this, two beautiful things happen. One is that you truly have a deeper understanding of their thought process. Secondly, and certainly just as important, if not more so, they feel heard. They feel listened to. And it's one of the most powerful aspects of human nature that people want to feel listened to and understood. And when they feel that way, their liking for you and their trust for you goes sky high. My great friend, sales authority Meredith Elliott Powell, takes this to an even deeper level, a much deeper level in our upcoming discussion, one which can help everyone who takes her message to heart become a much more effective salesperson and a much more effective human being. No commercial today, Meredith Elliott Powell coming up right now. Meredith Elliott Powell's been on with us before, and it's so great to have her back. She's an award-winning author, keynote speaker, and business strategist who was voted one of the top 15 business growth experts to watch by Currency Fair and one of the top sales experts to follow 
by LinkedIn. With a background in corporate leadership and sales, her career expands over several industries, including banking, healthcare, and finance. Meredith worked her way up from entry level to earn her position in the C-suite. She's a master certified strategist, executive coach, and certified speaking professional. In addition, she's an invitation-only author for LinkedIn, having published courses in sales and leadership on their prestigious education network. Meredith is regularly featured in publications including Forbes, Fast Company, Inc., Investment News, and American Banker. She helps leaders and business owners learn the new rules of success today, how today's economy has changed, how that has changed today's customers and employees, and specifically, how that impacts your business. Her website is MeredithElliottPowell.com, and Meredith is with an I and another I, and that's going to be in the show notes anyway, so don't <laughs> bother trying to remember. She has, a wonderful, she has wonderful online courses, a blog, her popular books are Own It, Redefining Responsibility, and Winning in the Trust and Value Economy. And she has a new book just released and co-authored with the great Connie Podesta. We'll find out more uh, about that later. And I can't wait to read it myself because everything those two put out is just always fantastic. All the pertinent URLs for Meredith, again, are in the show notes. And hello, Meredith, and welcome back. Thank you. I'm excited to be here um, again and excited to be talking with you. Well, thank you. Likewise. Now, last time you were here with us was right before the uh, holiday season, and we discussed how to turn that usual slow time for entrepreneurs and salespeople into a very productive time. And we have the, uh, the link to that episode in the uh, show notes as well. But today, I want to discuss something. <clears throat> excuse me. I first heard from you while you were interviewing me for your podcast. And we just happened to be in conversation about this. And the story touched me so deeply, I asked if you'd come back and share it with my listeners on my podcast. And it begins in a doctor's office. And I'll just ask you to take us through it, if you would. Yeah, I think that'd be, um, I do love this story too. And I tell you, um, Bob, without you, I don't know that I would have been as attuned to how important empathy is in the sales process, but you speak so much of it in the, um, in the go-giver, uh, series. And I had really just finished um, reading The Go-Giver when this situation happened. So in addition to being a speaker and an author, um, I am also a sales coach. And I was working with um, a doctor and he had asked me to come into his office to help him make a decision about um, some equipment he was going to, um, to purchase. And he had gotten it down to the top two salespeople that he wanted to work with. And the decision of buying the equipment had already been made. I think that's so key and so important in this story is the doctor was already ready to purchase. And this was a six-figure deal. Um, and the day that I got in there, um, I went into the uh, lunchroom, so to speak, to wait on the physician. And it happened to be a day he was running behind, way behind. In fact, by the time the first sales conversation happened, it was two hours past when, when it should have started. Wow. The doctor came in, he was frustrated, um, you know, obviously um, upset. I sit, sat down and the first salesperson took it this as, he noticed that the doctor was upset, mm -hmm. but he took it as a thinking, I've got to get my pitch across fast. I've got to say everything I, I can. Uh. And literally just opened his mouth and started to 100% sell the product. Okay. 
He started spewing out the information. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> I cannot explain how painful it was to watch because as he spewed information, I could just watch the doctor not only shutting down, mm-hmm. but he was really agitated. Agitated so much that I could tell how much he was not listening at all. Um, the spiel went through, that salesperson gets up and leave, enter salesperson number two. Now, salesperson number two has obviously been trained in empathy, obviously Mm -hmm. understands how important it is to the sales process because he immediately sits down and he notices that the doctor is agitated and uses the opportunity to mention the fact that, hey, doc, sounds like you've had a bad day. That was all it took and the floodgates opened. Mm. The doctor said, you have no idea. He said, my first patient was late. Second patient had a, you know, had a big problem. Two of my assistants had, had issues, and on and on. The only interjection the salesperson made at this point was, doc, you've got to be hungry. We're two hours past lunchtime. Would you like to grab something to eat? Uh-huh. You could see the doctor's mouth turned up. He stood up, got a pack of crackers, sat down, and said, Tell me about your product. The truth is, Bob, they never really talked about the equipment. But by the time that 15 minutes was over, Mm -hmm. that second salesperson had the deal. He got the sale. He sold a six, you know, six figure, um, you know, piece of equipment Uh totally because he showed empathy. Wow. You know, and I've now heard you tell that story a few times because you did a beautiful video on it too. And I've watched that a couple of times because I just, this is just one of those stories I I could keep listening to. And every time I get something new out of it. And so we take this apart a little bit and we, uh, I would bet Meredith that the first salesperson probably gave a great presentation, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, he, you know, (laughs) he just, he'd rehearsed it and he rehearsed it, rehearsed it, he knew what he needed to, and he just said it. And yet it, it fell on absolute, not only deaf ears, but almost angry. Yes. Yeah. Right. And yeah. yeah, And the the second person just, you know, uh, he, he understood. He, he felt, he, he, he kind of looked, what is the, what does the doctor need right now? And it's not a, and it's not a sales presentation. It's a friend, you know, it's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that, um, you know, I have been in this business a long time and I don't think that there has ever been a time when empathy has been more important than in this economy right now, because mm-hmm. I think what that story really um, shows is the fact that the doctor had done the research, right? He'd gotten all the information. He didn't need any of that. I mean, what was apparent to me and what was so powerful by observing it was that the first salesperson was selling the wrong thing. He was already selling what the doctor already knew and Mm. already had an opportunity to get. The second salesperson was selling, I am more interested in you, your problems, and your goals than I am in selling this piece of equipment. Mm And, and as salespeople, we've got to understand finding products, getting information or all the details, our customers can do that. What they can't find is somebody who'll listen to them, somebody who will understand them, and somebody who'll just, you know, as you said, kind of be there to be a friend. So, 
So let's go back into your past a little bit, into the past of Meredith Elliott Powell. <laughs> when you were big in the banking uh, industry, banking profession, and you were asked sort of to troubleshoot for one of your, your uh, team members because there was a, a customer who was kind of angry. And rather than me try to tee this up anymore, I'm just going to give it to you because this is another one of those stories I just love. Yeah, you know, and Bob, I'm not even sure at the time that I really understood that it was um, that it was empathy that ended up staving um, this relationship. But as I look back on it, and I reflect on it, 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 it really is. So I had been asked by a partner of mine um, in the banking industry, a, a colleague, to go out on a sales call with him to meet with one of our existing customers who was very, very upset. And the colleague wanted moral support because we had to tell this customer that they had been denied for a, for a pretty significant, it was a six-figure um, uh, loan. And while they knew they had been denied, they wanted to sit down and they wanted to talk um, about it. So I was, again, playing um, observer in this role. And I think it's so powerful. Um, you really see empathy, whether it's working or not, when you're sitting in the observer role. Mm. So as we got into the um, into the meeting, you could just tell this customer was so angry. And my colleague really started to explain everything about why um, our customer had been denied for the loan. He had the tax returns there. He went through the underwriting. He did a beautiful job of explaining to them why this wasn't the right loan for them. But the customer did not care. They got more aggravated. They got more aggravated and aggravated. And again, as luck would have it, I was in the observer mode. So I could, I had enough time to think, unlike my colleague who was in the middle of conversation. So I just happened to, to ask, I said, could you tell me what the loan is for? Tell me what you've got going on. And immediately the customer relaxed. You know, it was all of a sudden because I switched the conversation rather than defending ourselves, mm -hmm. I switched it to take an interest in them. And as soon as he started to talk, what it turned out was he wanted a loan for something that was not going to need six figures um, for, but that what he was really aggravated was he didn't feel like we were taking much of an interest in him. We, he had been with us for 20 years. We were at the time really trying to grow and probably paying too much attention to our new customers, not enough to our existing. But when we got in there and really started to figure out what he wanted and what he needed and were able to make the deal work to fit him, all of a sudden, the conversation changed. But where the empathy is in the story is what it told me is we didn't really understand our customers, not only what their needs were, but we didn't understand what was going on in their lives. Because here's the thing, making him a six-figure loan would have been the wrong thing to do. Number one, he couldn't cash flow it. And number two, he was had two kids about to go into college. The last thing he needed was more debt. So it's really back to that piece of getting up under there and, um, and really showing empathy. But I, I just want to um, emphasize for the listeners, where I saw the conversation change is when I asked what he wanted the loan for, is that that whole difference of keeping the conversation focused on them and focused on their needs. It's the same thing with the doctor story. When that second salesperson said, sounds like a tough day, um, you know, Doc, the whole conversation turned around. It changed the game. Empathy, mm -hmm. and I've heard you say, empathy is a game changer. It is. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, you, you, you know them and they know you know them and you care about them and they know you care about them. Simon Sinek in his great book, Leaders Eat Last, said, trust is, a, is the reaction to the belief that someone has your best interest at heart. Yeah. You know, and, and both of those, the, the, the doctor with the second salesperson and the, the uh, banking client with your, uh, with your question, at that point, they knew you had their best interest at heart. And that's, yeah, what, and that's I, what changed the game. Yeah. And I think it's such a differentiator in today's um, marketplace. You know, we all feel the pressure of um, heavy competition, a um, lot of things that um, make it a challenge to sell in today's marketplace. I'm, I mean, I know I deal with a lot of clients and I'm sure you do, Bob, that are in the race with the internet, right? I mean, if, if customers can sit at home and Google it, why are they dealing with us as salespeople? Well, empathy is a game changer, right? I right. mean, one of the biggest things we want is to be listened to and we want to be heard. And, um, and, and that is really what empathy is about. It's how we send the message that says, I heard you, I'm interested, I care. So let's, let's look at a couple of um, results, if you will, of, of understanding empathy and how it comes into play. Because one of the things is with objections, okay? And as you got to know the true objection of the, the customer, we often say that, that objections are the bane of a salesperson's existence, right? It's what they fear, the objection. And yet, if they've taken a sales 101 course, read a book in sales, uh, had been in, have been in their business for a week, they've heard all the objections they're going to hear, and they learn how to answer. If the customer says this, you say this. If the customer says that, you say that. And you can... You can practice those and you can get them really so that you just know if the customer says uh, the price is too high, you would say blah, 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 blah. And I would say that you can give the perfect response to the wrong objection because often what they tell you is the objection isn't the objection. And now it's not that they're, they're lying. If they are, that's a whole different issue. But it's not usually that they're lying. It's that they don't necessarily understand the whole situation themselves. So they, so they just know there's something they don't feel right about. So they kind of say the first thing that comes to their, their mind. And if we, if we answer that objection, again, it doesn't do anything because we're answering the, the wrong thing. I guess would you agree that empathy is maybe understanding that you've got to partner with them <laughs> and ask the questions and listen so that you can both together work to the root cause? Yeah. You know, I never would have connected empathy to objections um, had you not made that link for me, but it is, it is the link and it is the powerful link. I mean, you can take either one of those stories that, um, that I just gave you. And in story number one with the doctor, that first salesperson was solving the wrong objection. He thought the objection was the doctor was was in a hurry. That's what right. he thought. Oh, right. He, yeah, he he thought that the doctor was in a hurry, so he talked as fast as he could. Um, the doctor was the doctor was not in a hurry. The doctor was hungry. The doctor was mad, and the doctor needed to vent. Yeah. And the second salesperson read it right, you know. And in my story, you know, the situation that involved me with banking. My, you know, my colleague was doing a great job. That is exactly how we were trained 
to turn people down for a loan. I mean, he did it verbatim. He could have taught the class, but he was, my, our customer was not mad that they were being turned down for a loan. They were mad because they weren't being valued as a customer. And like I said, without you, I never would have made the link to empathy and objections, but you can't solve an objection until you know what the objection is and you can't you can't guess at the objection and you can't go to a class for an objection you honestly i mean think about how many times you've had a spouse you've had a fight with your spouse significant other or partner and by the time you get up under it you two were not even having the same conversation right 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 <laughs> Because and it's people totally see because the world you, from different yeah they <laughs> yeah. see the world from different viewpoints and and people think that the way they see the world is the way everybody else sees the world which is intuitive I mean how what else could it be it's how and so so often conflict is a matter of two different people um, seeing the same thing from two totally different points of view yes yeah. yeah. And so, wow, you just, you just tied that together even more because I love how you <laughs> said with that first one, the, the guy who, you know, spewed out his presentation because he thought what the doctor wanted was for, well, for me to do it fast. Yeah. No. Wow. Yeah. You know, because, because I think so, um, I think one of the problems, one of the challenges with objections is we think they're stated things. We mm -hmm. think that I say, no, 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 it's too expensive, or I'm not ready right now, or that whole list of objections that we learn about. But objections come in so many other forms. And I think that self-awareness and really reading in to, um, to customers, especially in today's marketplace, is, is one of the most important um, things that we can do. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, so we... Uh, you know, so we take this, I'm, I'm just, and I'm going back to the, uh, to the, the first salesperson again. And it kind of reminds me because, you know, often people will try to hurry you along in your presentation. And that is the, per and I remember, and I'll, I'll say this is embarrassing because, and this happened about probably 37, 38 years ago when I first got <laughs> sales and I had just started to, you know, get my feet out from under me and, and, but I, I hadn't experienced this before. And so what you said brought back a, a memory, lousy memory. Uh, <laughs> and that is, when <laughs> it is because I went into this place and the person did one of those things. You got five minutes go or something like that. And I, I, I didn't know what to do. I hadn't experienced something <laughs> like that. So I started spewing out the information. I, I went back into my sales, sales manager, who was a great guy. And uh, he, he said, Berg, you know, you just wasted your time. You wasted her time. You totally uh, were in a subservient, you know, position as opposed to being an expert advisor. And but he went through everything that I, you know, and I said, yeah, yeah, I know. And so, <laughs> and so it, you know, it tells us when, whenever someone does something that just doesn't seem right, let's first, you know, check the premises and find out what's really going on. And as long as we do it politely, with tact, with class, with patience, you know, now we can, we can get to that, that route. Because even, you know, as, as you pointed out, um, making someone feel like you don't have a lot of time, that's an unstated objection that someone yeah. can read into and think they know. Yeah, I think, you know, I think as salespeople, one of the most important things that we've got to be armed with um, are open-ended questions. 
So you take that situation that you just explained that, you know, was not a good memory for you. <laughs> but, but, you know, if somebody says to us, you know, we only have five, you know, we only have 10 minutes, go. I mean, your, your first instinct is to go. But what if your first question was, okay, you only have 10 minutes. What's going to be most valuable for you? Because when we ask open-ended questions, number one is we remain in control of the conversation. The other is we get a little time to breathe. The other is we do show empathy. We say, I want to make sure this is valuable for you. Right. And what you just did there was you changed the frame. Yeah. Because if we buy into their frame of the five minutes go, well, that's exactly <laughs> what. Uh, here's another great one. One of my, one of my uh, terrific friends, Art Subcheck, who is probably... Oh my gosh, he is probably the authority on on selling through the by the telephone. And okay. uh, that's just he, he's just great. Um, and he talks about the time when when uh, he was on the phone with a prospect, and the prospect said to him, "So Art, uh, tell me why should I buy from you?" Now there's a frame that if you buy into that frame, what do you do? You start spewing all the reasons why you're great, your company's this, the product's the best, and what, right? Right. So when the person said, tell me, Art, why should I buy from you? Art simply said, well, I don't necessarily know at this point that you should. May I ask you a couple of questions so that we can see if we're a match and if, you know, my product would be the best for, you know, however you did that. Right. Now the frame's changed completely that is a that's that's a powerful switch yeah 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 and uh well you know it was so fun uh seeing you a couple of months ago when we were at uh outbound with the the fantastic four you know anthony yes. and jeb and mike and and mark and you knocked it out of the pack from uh from stage and you know these are uh, I, you know and there were some there were other people there m many other speakers friends of ours and it was so great to just be around people who study sales and uh, just love sales and uh, what a what a fun event that was I, I would agree and I think that um, uh, I thought it was a really powerful group of people and I think that one of the most powerful things was that we all have the tie of very much relationship selling. Very much the tie and the themes of running through so much of our work are building those relationships, building those connections, and coming in with a product for that. Meredith Elliott Powell is an award-winning author, keynote speaker, business strategist, voted one of the top 15 business growth experts to watch by Currency Fair, one of the top sales ex experts to follow by LinkedIn. Her new book, again, just released, co-authored with Connie Podesta. It's titled The Most Amazing Sales Book Ever. Cut through the excuses and send sales through the roof. And hey, do you have a, a, your big company conference coming up? Bring Meredith in to speak. She is awesome. Find out at her website, which is MeredithElliottPowell.com. Also, check out her blog or online courses and everything Meredith at her website. And uh, lots of direct links in the show notes for you. Hey, Meredith, thank you so much for sharing with us. Always appreciating you greatly, my friend. I will say it was a thrill to be here. I love this conversation. Main takeaway I receive from Meredith is that while we as sales professionals know it's about the customer and not about us, or even about our products or services, it can be easy to simply forget that once we're in front of the customer himself or herself. But those who are disciplined enough to focus on the customer and their situation, and do so from a heart center, 
they are the ones who consistently attain the business. Have you found that to be the case in your business? Please feel welcome to write to me at bobatberg.com and let me know. All of John David Mann's and my books in the Go-Giver series can be found at thegogiver.com, where you can download chapters one and two, or just click on the link in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and provide a review on iTunes. Visit thegogiver.com slash reviews. I enjoy reading every review, and your review will also help others to much more easily find this show. That's all for today. The Go-Giver podcast is brought to you by thegogiver.com. Visit www.thegogiver.com and get our free special report, Endless Prospects, The Go-Giver Way. That's thegogiver.com. Stop on by. Thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, I'm Bob Berg. Make it a great day.